Good afternoon, everybody. Please, please take your seats. What a, what a privilege to be here. And um, what a wonderful time of worship. Um, I love worshiping the Lord. It's such an honor that the Lord will give us the privilege to minister unto him and to lift up his holy name. Um, it's really good to be here. And uh, especially it's my first time in worshiping with you in this building. I remember, my goodness, probably 20 plus years ago, coming into the building, in this building, there was a, a meeting um, in this particular building. That was the first time I'd come, and this is now the second. Uh, great facility, and we thank the Lord that he's going to fill this place. Amen. Amen. He's going to fill this place. I remember years ago, one of the words that Pastor Joseph had received, remember he was telling us, he said, the Lord said to him, whatever container you give me, I'll fill it. So we declare today that this container will be filled. Turn to your neighbor and say, this container will be filled. In Jesus' name. Well, it's a real privilege. I bring um, uh, greetings uh, to you all, to Pastor Joe. Really grateful for Pastor Joe's life. Um, Pastor Aisha mentioned a lot of really, really wonderful and nice things. Um, but for me, the founder of Christian Life Fellowship um, has done an incredible work. I am amongst a few people who um, were very close to him in the early days where this was just a dream in his mind. Um, it was a, a passion on his heart. And I remember we're walking in Woolwich Road. We were just a cell. He, you know, he lived with uh, Zen and myself in my mom's place. And uh, he would say, Phil, I want to start a work in Charlton. I want to start a work in Charlton. And now we have 24 years down the line. We don't just have a church well, it's no longer in Charleston, if you understand what I mean, but it's in the borough of Greenwich, and the Lord has allowed uh, his vision to transcend beyond this, uh, how can I put it, this, this city, and we've got expressions outside of London, and then also in other parts of the world. Isn't that wonderful? It's amazing. I just want to encourage you this afternoon that whatever you feel that Lord has put on your heart, Believe it, because once God has put it in, as far as he's concerned, it is a done deal. And he's now just waiting on you to run your race and to pursue the vision he's put on your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to pursue what God has put in me. Say to them, I need to observe everything God has invested in me. I need to see it. It must be made manifest. Hallelujah. So it's a real privilege to be here. So greetings to um, all the leaders and uh, Pastor Aisha, the ministry team, and all the workers and all the members. What a, what a great privilege to be here. I want us to turn to um, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and just want to 
just share a few things from there. Deuteronomy chapter 3. And I read from verse 23. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and I would not listen and and would not listen to me so the Lord said to me enough of that speak no more to me of this matter go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes towards the west the north the south and the east behold it's with your eyes for you shall not cross over this Jordan but Command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before the people, and he will cause them to inherit the land which you will see. Amen. Father, we thank you for your presence. We are so grateful, Father, that we can just, um, just access you, and you would just pour your spirit upon us, and you would you just long to be with us, the sheep of your pasture. And Father, we thank you for this service and this time. And Lord, we recognize that unless you continue to bless and anoint what we do, Father, there'll be no life in it. And so we ask that you continue to increase the life on our service. And as we go into the word, Father, breathe upon it and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Moses was praying at this time. And in fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, it's almost like he was narrating what had taken place. And he was talking about how Israel had been and how they were causing him so much headache and how they were not following God with uh, full faith in their hearts and how they will be complaining. And he was narrating this and he was preparing them to uh, enter the promised land with Joshua. And he comes to this point and he said, he said to them, listen, I wanted to go into the promised land, but what you guys did was you irritated me so much that when I was asked by the Lord to speak to the rock so water would come out, I struck the rock twice. And as a result, I did not honor the Lord in your eyes. And so my judgment was this. I was not going to complete my assignment. My assignment was to take you from Egypt take you out of slavery and bring you into f freedom and liberty and bring you into your promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, 
My assignment was to take you out of bondage and bring you into a place where you can flourish and develop and you can grow and you can fulfill your prophetic destiny. That was my assignment. But unfortunately, I was angry and I did what I shouldn't have done. And as a result of that, God said you will no longer take them into the promised land. You will raise another and take them in. And that's when he, uh, he, at that time, Joshua was his servant. It was his mentoree, and he was pouring into him. And he had the right heart and right spirit. And he was the one who was now going to take them into the promised land. But there was something in Moses' heart. There was an ache. There was a yearning. There was a strong desire. The strong desire was this. He wanted to be part of the promised land. He wanted to walk in it and see it. Uh, all this uh, uh, beautiful land from the north, south, east, and west, uh, he wanted to experience it, walk through it, uh, but he knew he could not do it. And the scripture says he began to plead before the Lord. And he said, Lord, let me see it. I understand you will not allow me to complete my assignment uh, and begin to divide the land and begin to take the land and possess the land but Lord let me see it he pleaded with the Lord the King James Version says this it says he besought the Lord the word besought it means it's like a beseeching it, it means you are imploring you are begging he was begging God asking for favor asking for kindness for somehow God would turn his heart around and God will say okay no problem my son you can also go in yes you will let Joshua um, certainly you know um, uh, divide the land but you will go in and you will walk and you will sit and he began to call on God for God to change his mind and I'm sharing today on what I've entitled I beseech thee turn to your neighbor and say I beseech thee there comes a time in our lives that we need to break into knowing how to get a hold of God there comes a point where we enter in a season where we know how to seek his face. It is not right for us to journey right throughout this life and never get a hold of the living God. I heard one man of God put this, he put, um, um, uh, make a statement and he put it like this. He said the greatest thing he believes in the world is when God gets hold of a man and he says this the next greatest thing after that is when a man can get a hold of God I've come to encourage you today and somehow stir you with a small passage and a few words that I believe the Lord has put on my heart that you need to rise up and know how to get a hold of God. You need to get a hold of God because the only way you will be able to fulfill destiny and purpose, the only way you will be able to have impact in this life is when you know how to get a hold of God. Impact. It's defined as when you uh, break into something forcibly. That's what impact is. You force your way into something. You force yourself onto something. You cause what you have to change what is there. 
And if you want to have impact in your life, you want to have impact in this community, you want to have impact in your family, you need to be able to force your way in. But the only way you're going to be able to force your way in is you need some kind of power, some kind of anointing, some kind of grace. And when that grace comes upon you, you'll be able to look at that thing and you'll be able to force yourself in it. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can I hear a good amen? The scriptures talks about how we are the salt of the earth. And salt is a very powerful substance. It has many uses. And it's amazing the amount of uses salt has. And Jesus, Jesus uses salt as a metaphor to describe who we are, who the disciples are. He says, you are the salt of the earth. And then he makes an interesting statement after he said, but if a salt, if the salt has lost its, its flavor, its, its uh, savor, its potency, it is good for nothing and thrown on the ground. Salt has many uses. It flavors things. It, it influences. A small amount will influence anything that is put on. Salt also has the ability to preserve you put it on meat, and what will happen is it will put the decaying process into slow motion. That's how powerful salt is. Salt is an amazing substance because you put it on a wound, and it begins to speed up the healing process and to cleanse it from all kind of impurities. Salt is an interesting substance. When it snows and there's ice on your car, on the roads or whatever, you put, you put salt on the ground or salt and anywhere you're going to be walking, and the salt has a profound effect on the ice and begins to defrost it. I want to say to you and I want to appeal to you that you need to make sure you do not lose your savor. You do not lose your saltiness. The interesting thing about salt is one substance, but it has many functions. But the function it has will determine what it's been applied to. What it's been applied to. And what the Lord wants us to do, he wants us to somehow Get a hold of him and he will pour his spirit on us. And when he pours his spirit on us, whatever we are applied to, we begin to bring influence. We begin to bring healing. We begin to bring preservation. We begin to bring power and influence and flavor. I've come to tell us today that this church in Greenwich is the salt of this borough, is the salt of this city, is the salt of this world. That's why there are many, many countries that will be taken because of this church and I'm making an appeal to somebody rise up rise up in your strength rise up in your might rise up in the power God has given you and begin to influence begin to have impact because one thing about salt is it forcibly affects what it touches Moses began to plead he began to say, let me put it like this. God, you're saying I can't go into the promised land. But I'm asking you, let me go in and let me see. And, and you have to understand, though the scripture relays it as a short discourse, it doesn't really expound when you just read it in those few words. But when you begin to 
meditate on it, you understand that this course, this discourse probably took some time. Because the scripture says, then I pleaded. The word here pleaded means the word beseeching. When you're beseeching somebody, it's a plurality of pursuing another for something. And so he kept on pursuing God. I want to go. Let me go over. Let me see. Let me see this good land. Lord, let me go in. Let me go in. You need to understand, it took some time for Moses to develop to this place, to develop to the position where he can say, okay, I'm now going to be able to touch God's heart. I'm going to press God's buttons. I want to encourage us. I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person that can press God's buttons. I want to be the kind of individual that knows how to push and to press and to touch his heart. I want to be with that kind of person that will get a hold of God and then I can see his reign righteousness over me and I can walk in his power and I can walk in his mind. I want to be the kind of person that can change and have influence and have impact and I know you are the same like me and if you believe that give that shout to Lord and amen but for Moses to get to this place wasn't a straightforward journey his life can be broken down into 340 years the first 40 years of his life talked about his birth and his time in Pharaoh's house and prior to entering Pharaoh's house, his, his mom had a great opportunity after she hid him. God connected things in such a way so she was able to look after him. And so she influenced him and, you know, and as she was weaning him and as she was raising him up to a certain age before he went to Pharaoh's daughter's uh, uh, responsibility or domain. Influenced him. And then he goes in and then he spends time in Pharaoh's house. And then it comes to a point in time that he begins to have an itch in his heart about the call of God in his life. He begins to be stirred saying, you know what, there's more to my life. There's more to me. There's something that I've got to do. And he will walk through the, 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 the streets and the lanes of Egypt and he, he will see the, 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 his brothers and sisters who were slaves and who were being mishandled and he would just feel, no, it's not right what I'm seeing. I cannot be comfortable in this situation. And he will be doing this until one point came when he thought, you know what, I need to begin to do something about this. I need to begin to deal with this situation. And then he takes matters in his hands. He wants to have impact. And he, he then he sees uh, this uh, uh, the slave master, an Egyptian, abusing his brother. And he takes him and he kills him and hides him in the sand. Sometimes what we do is we take matters in our own hand with regards to the call of God in our lives. We think, you know what, it should go like this. But one thing I want to say is if somebody is moving forward with regards to the, 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 what is in their heart, is better than the individual who does nothing. Move forward. The Spirit of God has a way of directing you. 
Moses did not realize that God had a hand in his life, maneuvering and working and putting him on certain paths and letting him have certain experiences. And what had happened now, Moses had lived out the first 40 years. He was now going to be birthed into another season and another phase. And so he had to be forced out of the comfort of Pharaoh's house. And the only way that could happen is God stepped back and allowed the situation to take place. Uh, truly, God is not into killing people innocently. But God somehow leaves the situation to play out because um, um, Moses was now being forced into another season. And in the season Moses was going to be forced into, he was a fugitive. He's going to be living in the wilderness. He was going to be lonely. All the pleasures of the life that he had was going to be forgotten because there was something new that God was going to be doing in his life. I've come to say to somebody, you are being forced into another season. You're being forced into another era. You're being forced into another time and God is going to be dealing with you in the wilderness. God is going to be dealing you walking around in the dry places of the wilderness, uh, in the harshness of the wilderness. Yes, you will be living with Jethro, the priest of, Mid uh, of Midian. Yes, you'll be living in those kind of comforts but it's nothing like the palace it's nothing like those comforts there and you are going to be shepherd walking through for 40 years and Moses did not realize he was being shaped he was being developed he was being broken so that God can shape him into an individual who would not just be leading sheep but he'll be leading the Israelites. He will not just be taking them into the wilderness to the promise. He will not be taking the sheep into the wilderness and walking around. But he'll be taking a whole people, God's people. And so he was being trained as a shepherd. He began to understand what it's like in the wilderness. The harsh coldness at night. The heat during the day. He was understanding how to lead the sheep into the certain pastures. He had an understanding. A blueprint was on his mind about how the wilderness was laid out in terms of of his geography and I've come to encourage you today that God is dealing with you in this season because he's about to take you to another level something greater something more powerful but you must endure this season you must endure the harshness of the wilderness if you believe I'm saying something okay shout amen, amen. hallelujah you're all very quiet Moses was broken. Moses was stripped. Moses was now to the point he never had the confidence that he used to have. In fact, his speech changed where now he'll be stuttering. He'll be stuttering. Before, he'll be eloquent because he was taught in the palace and he would understand all kinds of perhaps, who knows, varying languages. He could speak the Egyptian language. And also, perhaps, who knows, probably he could speak Hebrew. He had great knowledge. And all of that was stripped away. And there was nothing because God was rebuilding him. I've come to encourage you today. When it comes to the area of you being able to seek God, if you really want to be an individual that knows how to get a hold of God, God will begin to take you through a path like that. Most of us, we perceive, we, we perceive, sorry, prayer as something that is boring. And there's aspects of it, it is, it is that is boring. It is arduous. It is challenging. But I've come to say this to you. If you will stay, 
in that process because there's some people, you've, there's a stirring inside of you with regards to your prayer ministry. There's a stirring inside of you with regards to the intercessory grace that's on you. Some of you, there's a stirring inside of you in terms of your devotions, in terms of how you can get a hold of God, in terms of how you can experience God, experience his presence, hear his voice, discern his spirit. You don't want to just hear it about others. You want to know it for yourself. You want to experience the intimacy with King Jesus. You want it as well. It is not enough now. There's an ache and, 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 and something in your heart that is just hating what is happening. You're watching others. It's enough. You're saying, I need to experience it now. And so God says, good. Now is the time for me to launch you. And as he's launching you in this season, he's working on you and shaping you so that you know how to get a hold of God. So that you know how to pray. You know how to break through. You can go through the arduous challenges of it being boring and of, of it, him not speaking. Because the scripture says that God spoke through the burning bush. When he spoke through the burning bush and then there was this interchange between Moses and God, it was the first recorded time that Moses prayed. 80 years had transpired. And the scripture says, and then Moses was responding to the voice that came out of the burning bush. Moses did not realize it. But as he was walking, the sheep taking him through the different valleys and the different parts of the wilderness, he didn't realize that God was working in him. And God works with timing and seasons and brought him to a place. Brought him to a place where he was ready. And I've come to encourage you, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Because God is breaking something inside of you. Because in order for you to beseech God, because you have to understand what that word beseech means. It means to beg. It means to petition. It means to do it earnestly. It means to call out. It means to cry out for favor to come upon you. It means also that it's like petitioning a court a higher authority to do something for you. You press in so that that person of in, in, in a position of, of authority will stoop down and bestow favor unto you. But in order for you to learn that dynamic, you have to go through difficulties. You have to be put in a place where your back is against the wall and it's difficult and it's horrible and you, are, you feel like you're dying and the only, the only vocabulary in your, in, your, in, your, in your mouth, the only words that come out is, I beg you God help me. I beg you, God, help me. I beg you, God, help me. And God does that because he wants to teach you to how to beg, how to call on him, how to be desperate. When things are good, you don't automatically beg him. I believe God brings trouble to stir you up. God brings trouble to change you. God brings trouble to fuse something inside of you. If you're going through trouble, I want you to say with me, I'm coming through. Hallelujah. I'm coming through. I'm coming through. You need to feel the pain of the trouble. God shapes us in a crucible of fire. God shapes us in pain. I don't know what pain you're going through. I don't know what difficulty you're going through. Stay the course. Hold on to God. He is shaping you. He will not allow you to go through anything above what you can handle. He will not. He will not. He will not. The scripture says, uh, they say, we will not bow to you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. We will not do it. And they were thrown into the fire. If we perish, we perish. And God, the, the 
scripture says, and they were walking around in a fire, and there was a fourth person walking in a fire. Let me tell you this, when it gets too hot, God will step in, and he would put his shield around about you. Can I hear a good amen? Trouble! Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, you're in trouble. But the trouble is a good trouble. The trouble is a stirring trouble. The trouble is going to shake you up, break you up, so that there's a glory that will rise up out of you. And he began to learn how to see God, how to call on God. He learned. We need a prayer anointing. We need a prayer grace. How are we going to achieve the things? There are some ancestral things. Ancestral. Three to four generations. And when, 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 you're, when you're moving, it's like, you know, you're Thunderbirds, you know. <laughs> They're doing maneuvers. Puppet. We need to cut those strings. We need to destroy those influences. We need to clear them out. But you need to know how to get on your knees. You need to know how to war and fight. You need to know how to press in when it's difficult. And Moses learnt. He learnt. And then when it came to the final 40 years of his life, after the burning bush experience, we begin to see the power of God flowing through him. We begin to see the authority manifested. We begin to see everything he had learned in those 80 years. He was now putting them in place. When, he was, when God says, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Pharaoh, I'm not, sorry rather, Moses was able to pull on his, his knowledge of, of palace protocol. And he was able to use all of that knowledge to be able to go to the king and know how to appeal to the king and, and begin to have a discourse with the king. All of that was learned. I want to say to you what you're going to be learning in this, in this season. All that you're going to be learning is going to be put to use. You have been shaped and buffeted and pressed and squeezed because God is putting you in another mold. And I'm telling you when you come into that mold, everything that you've learned, every tear, every pain, every challenge, every pressure is not wasted. It's going to be used for the next season that is coming. Can I hear a good amen? It's coming. It's coming. I heard one statement. Anytime you go through a trial and difficulty, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Use it to press you in further. I beseech thee. We look at David's life. And we see David began to learn the art of warfare. Learn the art of how to engage against the enemy. If you want to have big impact, you need to learn how to have small impact. Because the Lord wants to use you. And in order for him to use you, you have to learn on the training ground where you are fighting a certain level of demons. And as you're dealing with them and you're buffeting them and you're winning those battles, and then, you, then you move to another level and another stage. And then there are greater ones. And a time will come where there will be a greater giant. And you will not fear anything. You know how to deal with them. You have the stature in the spirit, the strength in the spirit. And you begin to war and you begin to fight. And you shall prevail. And you shall break through. Can I hear a good amen? 
You need to deal with the little battles. David dealt with the little battles. He dealt with the lion. Fought the lion. He was looking out at night because the scripture says the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is hungry. There's nothing like a hungry lion. There's a groan in a lion. There's a roar in a lion. And he's creeping at night to try and grab his prey. And I'm saying to you, David knew this. And so he was alert. And he had developed how to use the stone and the sling. And he practiced and practiced. And he was alert at night. And alert at noonday. And he'd be watching out. And when the enemy came, he used tried and tested weaponry. And he released it against the lion. He chased the lion off. The bear came. He chased the bear. And so when now the giant comes against the sheep of God's pasture, when Goliath comes against Israel, God stirs up the young lad and he says, I fought the lion and I fought the bear. Who are you? Oh, uncircumcised Philistine. Fight your little battles. Fight your little battle and you shall prevail. Can I hear a good amen? Fight! fight and he begins to transcend from there fighting thousands tens of thousands and then he's the chief and commander and he begins to war against nations taking them spreading the influence of Israel hallelujah Am I saying something today or am I just making noise? Because to me, it's noisy, it's noisy. I beseech thee. I beseech thee. I beseech thee. Turn to them and say, I beseech thee. In law, when you petition, it's making a formal application to a court for a writ for judicial actions in a lawsuit. You are making application to a higher power in the legal circles for action to be taken. The scripture tells us that our king and our God is a righteous judge. And he sits in his judgment court. And he's waiting for the ones to step in with an application, a petition. When we talk about petition, you know, when we go and hand something down in Downing Street, you have a petition of a thousand names, a million names, because you want, you want them to, to take note when you are doing petitioning prayers, it is like that. When literally God will see innumerable amounts of times you are calling on him. If he was to look at all the entries, even like tens of thousands, he will like roll the paper and he will see it. And then he would nod and say, that's right. Because in his scripture it says, give me no rest concerning the work of my hands. I've come to encourage you. Make an application today. Make an application to the highest court. 
make an application to the judge of all judges and serve a writ and say, my God, I need judicial action. I need a change in my circumstance. If you believe what I'm saying, stand to your feet and we're going to begin. We're going to begin to call on God. Stand to your feet. Stir your spirit, man. Stir your spirit, man. Stir your spirit, man. Begin the application. Begin the application. Begin the application. See yourself holding that paper. You are walking to the throne room. The interesting thing is, uh, you're not barred. The scripture says, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. We can enter in. We can access. He is not only the judge, but he's our heavenly father. And he loves his children. And he wants judgment for his children. Raise your voice in this place. Set the application. Begin to pray. Call on God. Maseke parande. Ropokotopo. Rampa. Yento. Rima santayaka. I beseech the Lord. Randelebeke yendo. Implore him. Beg him for change. Beg him for change. Mando korisa pa. Renteke bosita liando. Rondelebo santa. Oh, come on. Somebody raise their hands in this place and show like you mean business. Show like you are hungry. Be like Moses. He desired to go into the promised land. He had to get God angry. God had to say, Enough of this. You can go to the mountain and see, but you cannot enter. I want to encourage you. Your situation is this. Not only will you go to the mountain and see, but you are going to enter the promised land. You are going to cross over and take the land. I've come to encourage you. Stir yourself up. Masaka parianda. Come on, somebody. Lift their voice in this place. Ronte keriando lobo santa. Wow. Just as we're standing, if that message applies.